And that jarring cacophony tells you that once again we are in time, we're in space, and we're in Glasgow. Well, I am, and so is my co-conspirator today. You're listening to the Power 3 podcast, the Doctor Who podcast that likes to discuss, digest, discourse, disagree, dance, and a bit of disco as well. And we are going to be chatting action figures today with Alistair Dewar from Character Options. And when I say we, I don't just mean myself talking to myself, I mean my co-conspirator who's sitting across the table from me. Hello everyone, David Steele here, welcome back, thank you for joining us. I'm here of course because with because he hasn't introduced himself, it's our Kenny Smith. Oh, hello. Yes. Yes, it is me. I'm just expecting everyone to know who I am these days. <laughs> Can't assume. This could be someone's first episode, can you imagine? I know. So yes, we're, um, Kenny's been chatting to the great Al Dewar again, of character options about all sorts of stuff to do with the action figures, haven't you? I have indeed, since the new wave has just recently dropped in B&M stores around the country. So we've got a first doctor with a Herndle head and a Dalek, and there's quite a sad story to come up about that. We've got the Revelation Daleks in a two-pack, but no resurrection as the history of the Dalek set goes out of order. And we've got a sixth doctor wearing his ultimate adventure coat and a lovely shiny TARDIS, but he's not branded as being the ultimate adventure doctor. And we're going to find out why soon. Ooh! That's very interesting. I don't think we really need much more of a preamble, do we? Shall we just go straight over to Al? And joining us now is the man who needs no introduction, so I'm going to ask him to introduce himself. <laughs> I was going to say, you started off on the wrong foot there, Kenny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, who am I? I'm Al Dewar, creative director at Character, and what's the best word? Overlord? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who figure range. Yeah. Um, not Dark Lord. No, definitely not Dark Lord. I'm suffering from a cold, so my voice sounds lovely and gravelly today, but uh, mm. there we go. Yeah, I've had a bit of a cold and cold. So, yeah, I'm slightly more gravelly than normal, but gravitas and gravel. That should be your autobiography. <laughs> well, it would certainly be different from Celestial Toymaker, which is what everyone seems to want to call me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's this episode's title sorted. Thank you very much, Al. <laughs> Fantastic. So I suppose today we're here to chat about the latest wave of figures from character. Or should I say, from character, as your TV advert right. used to say. Which, um, yes, uh, B&M, lovely B&M. Yeah, so we've got a lovely, lovely new TARDIS set and an amazing Sixth Doctor. And I remember us spending ages looking for as many pictures as we could find of Colin in that costume. <laughs> I think I see, I remember spending a couple yeah. of hours going through like old issues of the, I think it was an old issue of the frame that I found a really nice shot in. Um, so what inspired the creation of this one? It's an interesting, well, I've, I've seen I think you and I chatted about it. Most of these things come from you and I chatting, Kenny, as you know. I think I'd seen some 
references probably again like i say that you'd sent me and i i thought the costume it wasn't particularly well tailored to him i think i think it was a stage costume at, at a, but i saw the images of it and it looked really nice the color palette to me worked really well the one from this from the stage play and i actually saw somebody's costume breakdown of it which just sort of enforced that so it looked really good we'd also done a lot of I, I usually get hung out to dry on for seeing these but we'd also we seem to have done or we had done a lot of six doctors I mean although we hadn't produced one for a while we had done a lot of variants including some of the big finish ones so this was a this was an interesting variant that was a significant variant so yeah that was it but that was the, the real thing was if we are going to do the Sixth Doctor, it's going to be more expensive because it is. I mean, he's he's got an insane number of spray ops on him. So although I see a lot of things about why is this set so expensive, it, it it's it's. I mean, I think we get charged something like two cents per spray op, which doesn't sound like a lot, but <laughs> that figure's got a lot of spray ops. Let me yeah. tell you. I'm just looking at the coat just now, as you can see, I'm holding him up, and there's a one, two, three. Four, five, yeah, but... six, seven, four, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen colors, something like that on them, and that's not clear in the head. But you're breaking it down by color, which isn't spray up. So every yep. component, right, front, back, side, Oof. left, right. So the trousers takes, I think, uh, four spray ops roughly. So you've got Whoa. front, back left side inside leg outside leg so everybody goes oh i mean it's not that expensive but he is he's very expensive yeah. anyway so yeah that was, that was that was what inspired it i also some people have noticed but i have been playing around recently with going back to molded plastic because we were getting a lot of comments on the fact that the face deco was getting obscured by the paint and it's not a comment i completely disagree with um, and the previous experiment hadn't worked particularly well, if you remember the the waxy master. But um, I just sort of went back and said, you know, let's do this head with molded color, so mold color, but with paint deco for the features and the hair. But we're actually not going to put paint deco on the face as such, and it improves it significantly i mean it's it's you can see the base sculpt and you can see how really nice it is and you get a lot more detail so as an experiment um it worked really well so that's something that i'm sort of toying with um continuously at the moment but the interesting thing that you'll know is when we went to chat to the bbc about it and they were slightly vague about the ownership of the stage play in terms of who owned it. Now, interestingly, from everything I can find online, the BBC own it <laughs> because it's their characters. And as you know, they have right over the Doctor, the TARDIS, the this, the that, the next thing. So from everything I can find, the BBC owned it, but uh, in so as to not tread on any toes, we just basically moved it from being the ultimate adventure, which obviously it's based on, 
to being just the Sixth Doctor and TARDIS in a variant costume. I wouldn't want to copy the Ultimate Adventure TARDIS anyway because it looked like somebody had painted a garden shed to look like a TARDIS. <laughs> Funny, that's what I remember about it as well. It was rubbish. Which is a shame because you would think that of all the things that we'd try and get right, that would be one of them. Yeah. That said, Al, why don't we get some Ultimate Adventure Daleks? Why are you not giving the fans what they want? They want these rubbish, inaccurate... Oh, no, hang on, Dapol did them. Well, <laughs> you know, never say never. The, the problem there is they weren't authentic Daleks, so it's They were rubbish. They were a bit rubbish. They were a bit rubbish. However, oh, here's a little sneak. Here's a little, here's a little scoop for you. I am looking at the seven keys to Marin the seven keys to Marinus Daleks. Doomsday. 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 That's the one. Seven keys to Marinus. Doomsday. Yeah, I've been looking at them. Because they're are really nice. Yeah, because they're led by like the it's like the planet of the Dalek Supreme, but the gold is in fact red on that one. Yeah. We've got kind of like domes and, and a sort of strange, almost black silver colour. Yeah, watch this space. Yeah, could you fit Trevor Martin's head on a Patrick Troughton body? <laughs> I could probably do that. Oh, stop it, stop it. I'm, I'm being a tease. Imagine, being a if bad... we did, imagine if we did Trevor Martin before we did Peter Cushing. Can you imagine the, <laughs> the legend angst? Aljur, who doesn't care? Blah, <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> oh God! So tell Anyways, us about the anyway. Tell us about the TARDIS in this set. The one that we have got is beautiful. Uh, I love it. I mean, I, it's funny how things sometimes work, despite the best efforts to make them not. <laughs> yeah, I got that one paint, painted up as a paint master. And what I really like about it is, in fairness, I think it's I don't know what you think. It feels like it's more towards the end of Colin's era rather than the beginning because. You'll know from your newspaper days, there's some imagery of the Sylvester McCoy press call where it literally looks like somebody threw the TARDIS prop off the back of a truck <laughs> and then tried to get it back together. It's absolutely knackered. So yeah, and I really like that version. I always think the TARDIS looks better when it's kind of beaten up and, and well, well, not beaten up, but it looks like Distressed. Like distressed, yeah, slightly battered and and more and the perspex in the windows by that time had begun to you know some of it had started to go yellow and some of it had sort of gone a little bit pinkish so yeah it's just a another variant but i think it just sings that one it just feels right um it's it's uh it's a good variant so i that's probably taken its place as my second favorite next to the shadow tardis now for the same reasons they both look a bit past their due date. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, very polite way of putting it. Of course, yeah. we've not just got Colin Baker and his TARDIS, we've got another new Doctor figure and one that you've been wanting to do for years with Richard Herndl. Yes, or as it states blatantly on the back of the pack because nobody checked the information, William Herndl. Who <laughs> uh, was an actor in The Gunfighters. Was, yeah. Yeah, that was, I think, one of the most frustrating things I've ever, which you know about. So I finally, finally, after about three years of 
trying to find if the moulds or anything existed for the Richard Turnbull head that we prototyped up, whether that existed. And then out of the blue, via someone else, they turned around one day and said, oh yeah, I've, I've got a cast of that head if you want it. And I went, what? <laughs> so he kept it. He kept it in because once it's cast, it's pristine. I mean, the cast resin doesn't alter, change, you know. Was it the same about the Eye <coughs> Harmony? Never wax or wane. Yep. Um, or um, change its state. Or change its state. So it was brilliant. I finally found that head. I took it into work. I sent it to the Far East and said, oh, we're going to use this this year. We're going to do this first Doctor figure. And then came the news one Thursday morning, I think it was, where the the engineer who was in Hong Kong, who's, who's now back in the UK, came over to my desk and sort of sheepishly said, I've got some bad news. And I sort of said, well, it can't be that bad. And she said, they've they've thrown out all the all the tooling models from Hong Kong. But that wasn't even the bad news. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> so it was a double whammy because she sort of said, and then she said, and as part of that, they also threw out the first Doctor head. So I was absolutely stunned. One, because the fact that they ditched 17 years worth of tooling models meant because we did all the original molds have deteriorated but long gone silicon molds it meant literally when those tooling when those tools wear out as some of them will we can never remake them because the tooling models which they were made from which is all the individual parts have been thrown out without anyone even asking the question do we need these and for no good reason other than they were in a box under the desk which was being cleared out but nobody bothered to ask the question I remember um, that phone call when you called me to tell me this and I know exactly where I was at the time and I was just stunned I think you were just you were in shock I was beside myself and I still am yeah. to the sense that that's just it was it was gold it was literally yeah. gold form of those figures it's the first generation components of each of multiple figures that were just chucked in a skip or were still just thrown out in the street somewhere so anyway it was horrible it was horrible but on top of the horribleness there was obviously the news that Richard Herndall had which somebody had kept safe for the better part of a decade was also completely screwed. So I kind of lost my temper and said, you guys have fucked this up. You're going to have to pay for it to be redone, which is not something I would normally do, but I was absolutely livid. And I just got straight on the phone to Ed, my sculptor at Affable, and said, me a new Richard Herndall head and to Ed's credit I think personally I think it's better than the 
original was. So it was really good. Took a little bit of time to get the fit of the head and the neck and everything right, but yeah. So it was good. So I know there's people out there moaning about the fact that the history of the Dalek set has a figure in it, but there's only one Dalek in that story. I'm not... Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful as well with those red lights on it as well. Sorry, yeah. luminosity dispensers. Yes, but the, and the, but the, yeah, luminosity dispensers. Yeah, so, I mean, you could have done the blown up one, but I didn't have the budget to do that. So I just had to. So I thought the first Doctor was an excellent chew in and it would be a lovely surprise, which I think for 90% of the people it was, and for the other 10%, it gives them something to moan about. But yes, I, I like that dialogue as well. In fairness, ours is a slightly stylized and a cleaner version of the Dalek. That particular prop was sort of midway, kind of midway between various Dalek stories. So it wasn't the it wasn't in the best of condition. The slats were broken. It was a whole load of stuff, but it was details that we just I mean I couldn't afford to do or to change. I tried doing it with paint and it looked rubbish. So I just thought, well we'll go for a we'll pretend that that Death Zone Dalek wasn't wrecked <laughs> and was in fact lovely and spanky and new. So I loved it. And there's a couple of nice little touches in there that I love. I'm like you, I love, I actually really like those um, dome light luminosity dispensers. I think they're brilliant. They look really good in the red as well. Yeah. Um, I like the sort of lifted neck on that one. And I really like the little yellow. The uh, orange, rather, dot on the end of the exterminator yes. to suggest it's plastic. Thing. It's, it's one of those things that it kind of. Yeah, I specified it when I was asking for it to be painted. I said, oh, once the orange dot, just to suggest. And they put it in, and I saw it, and I went, that's brilliant. I love it. I absolutely love it. It just, it just somehow makes that Dalek just a little bit more impressive. He's, he's a creature beauty as I hold him here and just uh, I'm not licking him but he's he's almost lickable he's that lovely yeah and and as of, as is usual I did get something wrong on him although it wasn't I say it wasn't deliberate I had to make a sort of judgment call so that scene is shot very darkly and the oval on the chest yep it's not uh, in fairness it is there it is mm -hmm. there in the behind the scenes shots it definitely is there but on actually the transmitted version it's not particularly easy yeah. to see but I should have spotted it and I should have picked it up but I didn't and I and I, I don't because it's not literal to that prop because we couldn't make it broken and damaged and all the other stuff yeah. I'm not oh, I'm not broken up about it I think it's no. a great looking like and and <laughs> Actually, I think it's a really good-looking dialect. So you know, um, yeah, I'm happy. He definitely is. So, of course, the next one out is uh, the resurrection. Is not the resurrection set, I should say. So, will you be coming back to do resurrection? Yeah, controversy. <clears throat> we love a bit of controversy, don't we, Kenny? We do. We do. Keeps you uh, busy. Because <laughs> you haven't got anything else to do with your time. <laughs> So, again, I'll be straight up. There was there was a point at this where in this whole thing where the Disney 
deal with the BBC was coming to fruition. And our contract, I think it's fair to say, and okay to say, was up for renewal. And we didn't know which way it was going to go. As in, because in any negotiation with contracts and new people coming on board, you just you just don't know whether it's business as usual or the or you know the things are going to change. You know, it happened with Peppa Pig when Hasbro took over, not the license. Well, it was the licensing, I suppose, but they owned it basically. So we weren't sure, and I just basically had to pin my hat on something, and I thought, well, history of the Daleks. If these are the last two, I'm going to do the ones I want. <laughs> Or the last four, rather, because there's more coming. So, yeah, it, it was literally a case of me sort of saying, mm, you know, what would the last what would the last four sets be? Um, so I jumped around. Um, in fairness, the box numbering kind of bugged me. Um, that was something that just wasn't noticed. I would have actually kept the numbering distance so that it shouldn't have been as it was, number 14, it should jump to... 15 but i mean okay these things happen so so resurrection back to your question the answer is yes i'm toying with i'm toying with a couple of things for next year one of which is definitely at this point again I'm, i don't think there's anything unusual here so um although we don't normally reveal anything of this kind of stuff but i'm, I'm happy to give you a little scoop mm -hmm. So one of the things I'm going with is perhaps doing a bigger resurrection set for Ooh. next, which would potentially be two drones, a Supreme with the white hemisphere. that one. I love that one. I love that Dalek. It looks amazing. And possibly Davros as a, as a big sort of Ooh. nod to, uh, in terms of, well, my thinking is, you know, this, you know, I like shaking it up every now and again and we've done these sort of two packs people have to go out and try and find both packs to kind of make it work and B&M still don't seem to have got on top of the scalping thing and the distribution thing and I've mentioned it to them I'm nothing to do with that we're nothing to do with that but they don't help themselves and they certainly don't help the fans when they allow the kind of things that seem to be going on and year on year it seems to be getting worse and you'll, you'll know what I'm alluding to but um, there seems some extremely questionable practices going on so we have you know they order what they order it leaves our factory and we have nothing to do with it and that's all I can say it's nothing to do with us once it's left the factory but anyway um, back to the point so yeah just playing around with the idea that rather than hunt around and try and have to find two sets to kind of make your resurrection set I might do it just as a big chunky four pack set and see what we can do with that and then there might be more of those and potentially hopefully easier to get hold of and roughly the same if not maybe marginally less money than it would be for buying two. So yeah, so I'm playing around with that idea. So Resurrection hasn't, as I think I've been, I did come up with some lame excuse and so I said, oh, you know, we, we, you know, uh, we, and we have, I mean, it's weird. Memory cheats. 
my my memory is that we've done because we did the TRU ones and then we did the original sort of big four pack. So in my mind, we had done uh, Resurrection quite a lot, but um, it's a story I really like. So I would never consciously go, we're never doing that. But um, as I say, at the time, I had to kind of pick and choose the sets I wanted to do. So I picked the ones I liked and as, as I normally do. Um, but I'm, and certainly Resurrection is not off the cards and, I'm, and as I say I might do something different with it so that's that one more letters coming your way Mr. Jewel <laughs> oh my word I know the, I think that um, I think the Revelation pair are just lovely just that lovely white sort of creamy goldy beautiful yeah, I spent a lot of time on those. I wanted to get the eye stocks corrected because there's a couple of scenes where, I mean, you can tell the eye stocks are very different anyway in that story. There's that lovely bit where where um, an eye stock comes into camera and it's, it's probably being held by someone's hand. Um, <laughs> but the um, those Daleks are just epic and we we played around I, I played around with the gold and the body and then i made the gold on the neck slightly darker so that because on the screen the, the mesh seemed a little bit darker um the dome lights changed um and the front of the daleks obviously changed with the oval that they've got the sort of fiberglass shoulder section <laughs> which i thought is an important sort of visual change because that was the signaling of that change in the era between the original style dal or original prop Daleks and then the sort of ones that came a little bit later on that had the, the sort of moulded in slightly chunkier waist mesh. I could only do it at the front but I thought well it's worth doing and the oval is distinctly more proud and it's also that sort of slightly more elongated oval as well so yeah, it's cool. It's a little sort of hybrid, but uh, it's, again, fantastic story. I mean, it's so bloody creepy that Daleks just wandering around in tranquil repose in the dark, and the, that bright white, and as you say, the, the gold colour scheme just sort of leaping. I mean, it's a slightly gaudy establishment anyway, and then sort of slightly. Yes, and what's quite what's interesting in that story, I find, is that they that was the beginnings of kind of the separation between the renegade and the imperial factions and the Daleks. But, but Davros's chair doesn't reflect when he does finally appear in it. It's kind of still like the old version. It would have been nice if they'd well, it would be interesting, I think, if they'd given his chair a visual update to kind of align with the Daleks. Like they did in the Juggernauts, the big Finnish story on the cover of that. Yeah. Yeah. Looks so good. It been, you know what I mean? It just with the white and yep. the gold and down here, I think it would have kind of changed his um, appearance and been a nice sort of halfway house between the that and then his fully enclosed imperial form yep. in there you go, we went off tangent again, but... Uh, yeah, that's because we always do. Actually, just when we're talking of Davros, oh, some myth-busting. Previously when we spoke, you didn't have the Emperor mold. There was a no, rumor online. Has it turned up? 
There was a suggestion somewhere. Yes, no, it, in fact, it, was, it wasn't a rumor. It was me basically going on the message boards and saying, hey, good news, we found a Davros tool. But of course, you tell people that and they automatically assume they're getting it the next day. Oh, he's found a Davros tool. We're having it at B&M. You know, it's like, it's like, it doesn't work like that, folks. Um, you know, we work about a year ahead on everything. So, you know, just <laughs> it's a case of managing expectations. So, uh, yeah, we found it. it. It was off the cards for a long time because that main rotor, it's a type of mold called rotocast mold, which is the way they make doll heads. So it's liquid PVC and it's poured in and it goes in a kind of uh, sound. <laughs> it looks really primitive, but it sounds really yeah. impressive. Basically, it does a 360 rotation thing while it's cooked. Um, and then you open the door and you kind of pull the the sort of sloppy, floppy um, Davros chair section out. And we'd lost all that tooling. So this is multiple tools, not one. So it's not like an injection molding tool where you've got yeah. eight and it's gone missing. This is These are things that are stored in sort of crates. But we did a tool audit. That was actually, it was funny, because I think that was almost the same week that they, that they broke the news that was it the same week? I'm probably confusing it. But yeah, anyway, yeah, so the same engineer that broke the news about, oh, they chucked out all the tooling models. Um, she was the one that came and said, oh, good news. And I, I was like, really? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, they found Davros's, they've done the tool audit at the tool storage facility, and they've found all the Davros tools so we can make complete Davroses again. And I was like, oh, that actually genuinely it's good news um so yeah so we've got those um we have those i should say uh, yeah. when he will make an appearance i don't know but again in terms of shaking things up it's not off the cards that that's something we would look at as a sort of deluxe set potentially but whoever's listening please don't read anything into any of this because we're so early in the process this could all this could all change but yes so we found them we found them we've got them and we can make them which is the main thing yes so yeah that that myth busting yep the myth bust we do like uh, that we do like that to confirm and deny things that uh, that have um happened so that's good it's, it's not even myth busting it's almost like a clarification given what's yeah. happened when we spoke previously so that's always good clarifications are good al is we have it we might get round to doing it yeah don't hold your breath <laughs> exactly no promises given just uh, follow on from some myth busting al i had somebody get in touch with me who suggested something that may or may not be of any use to you having recently been discussing the ultimate adventure Pert V version and the Paradise of Death and Dimensions uh, in time. Pert V look in those ones, they've not been done that sort of purplish cloak or sort of like green and grey. So there was a, a, a suggestion that somebody asked that I put forward to you if that's something that you might consider in the future. Oh, I consider everything. I mean, it depends how long this roller coaster runs, I suppose, but um, nothing's ever, nothing's ever off the table. And I'd actually seen that, um, I think, on one of the um, message boards. 
Uh, I think it was Gallifrey Base. Yes, a lovely I mean, place it is. It, it, it is a lovely place. <laughs> it's it's weird because I obviously at that point in his sort of career and tenure, he was he. I don't think it was the most flattering iteration of the costume that I've ever seen, but I think reverse. I think that's the way to put it. Reverse engineered back into the figure, which is from a more, you know, stylized third doctor look. I I do think the color scheme would work. I think that's the way to put it. I don't think it was nicely executed, for want yeah. of a better word. Um, yeah. But it is like, but again, it's like you know, it's a stage play. It's like Colin's costume on that particular production. I don't think that was particularly well executed physically. He looks a little bit lost in it, but actually, as a figure, it works extremely well. So, I'd apply the same thinking or thought process to that costume. So, yes, whoever suggested it, I agree with them. I think it's an interesting variant, and never say never. Excellent. Or never say never again. Oh, James Bond figures. No, let's not even go there. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> something else of note, uh, of course, was earlier this year, we did get a new two-pack of figures with Jodie Whittaker's doctor in her her fancy dress, her cosplay outfit, and, of course, a new David Tennant. Those must have been so much fun for you to do. And expensive, particularly for the Jodie one, I would imagine. That was brilliant. We got we got so much early access. I think it was brilliant in a couple of ways. It was brilliant because we literally got to reveal and and sort of offer the figure very quickly after that program went out, which I don't think anyone was expecting. We'd managed to keep it all under wraps. There was a great deal of pressure on us to keep it under wraps and obviously because big spoilers and stuff like that uh, but it was it was fabulous and it was it was very indicative of the new way the program makers under Russell T Davis were thinking very much more open very much i mean obviously that came at the transition point but we hadn't had that level of access and help to get that kind of information before for a long, for a long, long time. So it was brilliant because obviously it was the end of one area and the beginning of another. But the whole feeling was that something, it was all, even that story was kind of new and fresh. And, and um, you know, as I say, the levels of access were fantastic. We were down in Cardiff photographing. You know, we had visual reference to the costume, which we would always get anyway, but um, we actually got to go into the wardrobe lorry and photograph the individual components, colour match, everything. It was great. It was fantastic. So, yeah, it was great. Um, and that, her costume was, I thought, really cool. It was a nice, it was a very nice visual updating of her costume with little nods to all the previous, well, most of the previous Doctors, not everyone's in there, at least they probably are, but some of it's probably more subtle than was ever picked up on screen, but yeah, I thought it was great, it was brilliant. 
and David's new costume just looks fantastic. Of course, you'll be able to reuse the, the old legs from what I can see, having had to look at it properly. Yeah, there was more new on that than we originally intended because what we did was, and it was part of the reason it didn't end up in the B&M set, but I basically said, oh, we're, we're using the ball-jointed figure for this new Doctor. So, and because of that, and it had texture on the arms, we basically took the ball-jointed figure arms and we added texture to those and that then precluded them being used in the B&M set. So that was the reason behind the sort of cock-up of the the ball-jointed shoulders being mentioned, but not actually appearing <laughs> in the set. But it was a much better use of it in a week. And yeah, brilliant. Again, just really, really good access to the imagery. The I, I, I think that costume spectacular. But yes, it was great. It was fantastic. I, I, I really, I really like it. And. The way we designed the figure this time, as some people, I'm sure the customizers will have noticed, is that if you take the jacket off, he is in essence wearing his waistcoat in full underneath it. So all we have to do in theory is swap out the arms for shirt sleeve arms and we'd have a jacketless variant, which isn't usually the case because the way the, the figures are made, usually the the jacket is in some way pinned onto or into the inner core mm -hmm. of the figure. Whereas in this one, the jacket actually is just basically a completely loose component. So it's great. And we got, we got a great head sculpt done of that. Again, if we, if we re-released it or do a jacket less version further down the line, and it's not on the cards at the moment, but I would probably go back and use the, that technique of trying to make it molded plastic with a clique, is that the right word, details on top and the decorated hair just to see more of the details that kind of got lost. I also actually went back and got the tool company to recast the head, not because there was anything intrinsically wrong with it, but I, there was a suspicion on my part because we'd had a couple of figures previous to that where it was obvious that something had gone wrong in the translation process from the digital data to the tooling. And I didn't know whether it had affected that figure or not. But on the basis that it was sometime, somewhere around the same time that all that was going on, so I said to them, just for safety's sake, let's go back and recast that head. So that, in fact, is or has been done. So from what I can tell, it looks exactly the same but without the paint deco um, I think some of the finer details and stuff come up um, that again maybe they'll get you can see it when you see the shots and stuff side by side so yeah, yeah. and of course that's it's, not the only 14th Doctor <coughs> merch as we're going to have uh, we've got the new Sonic as well which is a creature of beauty oh it's fabulous <laughs> it's absolutely fabulous I have not had um that's just um, serendipity. I mean, I've not had a project that's come together and worked so well with one minor hiccup for a long time. It was just great. Again, a testament, absolute testament to the guys down in Cardiff that just gave us complete access to everything to measure and check and, you know, 
And I'd also wanted to use this plating technique for a long time. And I got to include Easter eggs in there, which um, again, the guys in Cardiff were very supportive of and the brand team were very supportive of. So it was just, it was fabulous. We had a new style guide, which we were sort of using. Uh, the slight hiccup, which I think I'm safe to talk about, was that one of the things that happens with the plating process is that um, it can make the plastic brittle. And on a previous Sonic, the Capaldi one, we'd got we'd, we'd used uh, polycarbonate, bonded polycarbide armor. Uh, we'd used <laughs> I was thinking that for the for the for the fins that were likely to be stepped on. But we couldn't use it because it reacts with the plating process. So we had to mess around to find a plastic that worked and then do some uh, lab testing to make sure that um, there was no issues caused by the plating on that. And uh, thankfully it worked because I was, uh, there was a couple of, there was one morning in particular where I was shouting at the VC saying, we can't have got all the way through this project without somebody checking this. Um, so yeah so but thankfully we had very good engineer on the on the project so yeah it, it was it was great so as i say i kind of we i we got everything and then on top of that it sold out in eight minutes or eight hours something <laughs> i mean it just flew which was fantastic for us it wasn't so fantastic for the people that i know are now waiting for the second shipment to arrive which is coming I think currently that is likely to hit sometime around end of October, but there will be an announcement to sort of say when those are coming in. So yeah, and and you know we're gonna try and make sure everyone gets the Sonic that they yeah. want. So it's it's fabulous. Yeah. It's absolutely fabulous. I love it. I think it's. I think it's. It's in. I think it's the best one we've produced, and and I think as in terms of a Sonic, it's probably, it's probably up there at the top of my list now. I mean, and the and the nice thing was, when we took it, I took it, and we the the producer very nicely put our one down beside the actual prop, and went, oh my god, this is amazing, and this one works, and it was it was really nice. It was a nice little. That's our nod from them that we've done a good job, and that that you know people tell you you've done a good job. That's that's a that's a good thing. Yeah. Now talking of good jobs, Al, one final question for you: Go When on. the reveal video was done, a lot yeah. of people noticed something in the background, something that features in remembrance of the Daleks, the wonderful Dalek shuttlecraft. And of course, this got a lot of people hot under the collar, thinking we're going to get a new playset. I think you better explain to everyone just what it is. <laughs> what Dalek shuttle? <laughs> uh, yes. I have a penchant for messing with people. That's good. I can. Uh, and I was. I would. I. I'd been working on that model for a while, albeit I rushed towards the end to get it finished because I kind of thought. Actually, it's always nice to have a talking point in a video, so oh, it would be nice to chuck the Dalek shuffle in the background. But yeah, um, that was all it was. It was, a, it was a friend of mine 
who had had the CAD commissioned. And then I kind of said, oh, I quite fancy building that. So um, it's like all models. You kind of start with grand plans of how it's kind of going to go together and they didn't quite work out and we had all sorts of hassles trying to get it printed and make it work and all that not work but um <clears throat> but yes it was nice it was it was so I, I kind of spent a weekend gluing it I mean don't look too closely at those massive glue marks all over it where I'm at the together and the top pod is on slightly skew whiff because I wasn't paying attention but it's negligible I suppose in the great scheme of things but yeah it was just a fun thing to do so there's no there's no intention to do that I think if I did a Dalek shuttle before I did something like a TARDIS console room um, or something similar uh, you, there would be lynch mobs outside so um, it's not something it's not something kosher it's yeah. not a character thing, I suppose no. is the best yeah. it's not a character it was my personal model with a couple of nice Daleks that I thought would look good in the background. Yeah, well, it looks amazing. And when you sent me the picture of you, I think it was when you were constructing it in your garden on a lovely sunny day, you sent me the pics and just thought, that's a beauty, that's beautiful 3D printing. And, oh. It was really, it was really interesting actually, because it, it's one of those models, you kind of, it started to come, I mean, it was gray, then I sprayed it with a base coat of white. But the minute the weathering, the minute I got the sort of weathering and stuff on it, it just lifted the whole thing and it just started to look like the shuttle, uh, which was which was really nice. So, yeah, it's not up to the lights of Mike Tucker's standards, I can tell you that. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, want to lift it up or place it down too hard for feel it for fear it sort of fall apart but yeah it was um yeah it was it was just it was just a fun thing to have i just occasionally like to as i say mess with <laughs> mess with people a little bit um and i just thought it'd be fun to have it there as kind of background yeah. space filler yeah it was appropriate given it's daleks so you run out in daleks dalek spaceship it works yeah, and you know, you might see it again <laughs> at some point. Absolutely. It's when you start building your own model Bessie and your own Hoomobile, that's when people start to get really, oh, what's going on here? Hoomobile. Do you know, I saw a friend recently sent me some pictures of a yes, guy who. The, the Dapple had... style one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's. <laughs> It's lovely. It's not something we could even contemplate, um, to be honest. But it it looked it did look really good. Yeah, I must I think it was Rob it. Ritchie, I think, who built that. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice, and it looked it looked the absolute dog. So it was really yeah. good. It sort of epitomises that Third Doctor era really nicely. It's a it's a it's a great model. So I can't um, kudos to. The guy that built that that is a okay. spectacular and and it's amazing i think the, the thing that home printing and um 3d printing has allowed to happen is that you are not that i condone people or we or the bbc 
condone people selling things off the basis of Doctor Who. But I think when you're doing your own fan projects and you do them for yourself, and some of the stuff that people are able to do nowadays with CAD and all the other stuff is, yeah, it's brilliant. It's really good. Impressive. So, Al, that's us. Reached the end of uh, the, the 24... No, it's not. I can't even get my year right. The 2023 wave so far. God, I'm nine years ago. I'm sure it's where my head is. There's another, in fact, I think the next... I think the next announcement's fairly imminent. Better go on and do a video. I haven't, I haven't received my, my samples yet. But um, I mean, all the B and M stuff leaks out now anyway, which is which is sort of, I suppose it's good in some ways. You get an early read on what people are thinking. Um, it's not good in other ways because when that stuff leaks out, the, you know, people extrapolate what they want. So the minute a title or anything is released, people immediately extrapolate ridiculous possibilities yeah just that name in terms of what they think they're going to get yeah. um, and then expectation goes stratospheric and then when it's not what they want because it invariably isn't they you know people get grumpy and upset but yeah so there's there's obviously a second drop to come yeah it'll be interesting uh, the reaction to those Yes. Uh, one particular one I think is going to go down well, but uh, we shall see. But will you promise, <laughs> Al, will you come back and chat to us about it when it's all been oh, revealed and they're out in the shops? Absolutely, I would love <clears throat> Hopefully without a cold, but yes, I would love to come back and chat. It's been a while since we did chat, and it's quite nice delving back into the historical stuff as well yes. as just the recently released stuff. So, yeah, I love chin-wagging about these things and I think we've done it in the past but if people want to send you questions to yeah. ask about stuff we we'll enjoy that sort of stuff so, and yeah. uh, I can't remember, did I tell you that um, when I spoke to the man who edited the TV movie Patrick Lussier he has oh, eight yeah. Doctor figures he, abs he is absolutely nuts about the eighth Doctor figures and I've sent him a B&M set because he didn't have the full thing and he's a big, big Finnish fan as well. So he's now got the full set of all the Doctors and all their gear. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Um, you know, my my one, I try, I try, every year I try asking the same question, which is, can we do the Eighth Doctor's TARDIS? And I go to the engineers and I go, can we do the Eighth Doctor's TARDIS with the big sign boxes at the top? And every year they go, no, you can't because <laughs> the tooling but interestingly, <laughs> we cracked one of the tools, which the factory is mending, but that's not the first time that's happened. So I think we're getting perilously close to the point where I might have to rethink about remaking the TARDIS tooling for the classic series. And if that happens, I am going to make sure Again, people can extrapolate what they want, but it hasn't happened yet, and it probably yep. won't happen. But if it does, there's a couple of things that I can build into the tooling which we didn't get. So I can put potentially door notches onto the Jody-style TARDIS. I can put big sign boxes and different variants of the signs for the top, and I can put different roofs. And although it'll, it'll end up being a hybrid as it was before, but it will mean that we'll have essentially. A brand new 
yep. set a target, which would be brilliant. I never ask you, Kelly. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. On your wish list, mm-hmm. what's top two figures? I would say top one, but everyone has two. Oh, that's the, well. If obviously, if we could do expanded universe, I'd love a little Lucy Miller because you know how much I love Sheridan. However, if we're going to stick to the TV series. I'd quite like a Turlow because I like Mark Strix and I think Turlow's great, great character. Uh, yes. Great character option. And, ooh, what else? That's a good one. Um, a TV movie master, I think, would be amazing um, so he can dress for the occasion. Yes. Now, um, actually, there's more myth-busting we can do. So there, uh, we can actually do a TV movie master. And in fact, I have a head sculpt for a TV movie master. But New that fact? Is I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know if I can send you the CAD. Um, but nobody else gets it. to see it. Ooh. Sorry, um, listeners. So yeah, the master's head and collar exist. And I know the figure I was going to use to put it on to make it happen but it didn't happen, so it's in stasis and it's parked, and it'll probably never see the light of day. But it does exist. And also, this other weird myth that somehow, with the classic Anthony Ainley master, there was some rights issue. I keep reading that there's a rights issue over that we couldn't do his body. Why he would be allowed to do somebody's head and not do their body, <laughs> I don't know. But apparently that's the rumour that's out there. But that's not the case. Again, it's just the fact that until the day comes when I can do a figure like that, the justice of giving it, uh, you know, a good a good run for its money. And yeah, I, I the penguin suit's getting that created, yeah. Yeah. If I, can, if I can ever get to a point where we have the budget or anything else to do that, then that's what I'd do. But until then, it's just going to be the... The head on the suit version, which yeah. we've done enough on. I don't think we need to repeat that again. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that's where we are with with those two. So yeah, there's masters that exist. Quite literally. They do. Well, they're both heads. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the master's head. It's all gone Futurama. The master's head exists <laughs> in a jar. <laughs> oh, I love it. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to do an 11, I think. Oh, very much, yeah. I think if there was a chance to ever do um, Mark Bonner's yep. interpret of the Eleven, I would... Um, in fact, a lot of the big Finnish characters, the Eleven and the... Lipchenko would be good. Uh, who's the, who are the guys of oh, blanked completely on the horrible monsters that were the Time Lords? That are now the Ravenous. The, the Ravenous. Oh, God, I would love but to do... Evil Clowns. Yeah, the Ravenous and the Eleven. The Eleven is just one of the most fabulous characters yep. ever yep. created, and because it's Scottish, obviously, and that's, that's the reason. That's I the bet reason you're kicking so yourself. I bet you wish you'd done a Jimmy the Ganger figure back in the day, because then you'd have had a Mark Bonner sculpt all ready to go. I am, but also the fact that he also plays Commander Koenig in Space 1999 at Big Finish <laughs> is, even, you know, disconcerting. But I, I'd love to see him. You know, I'm a, as you know, I'm a massive Blake Seven fan, but I think he would make a if they ever did recasting, which they never would. But he would be fabulous in something like um, 
Blake Seven, I think. He's just got an amazing gravitas when he's on screen. And apparently really nice in real life. Oh, but again, yeah, that's well, I can confirm that. He's brilliant. He's just such a nice fella. Genuine, lovely fella. Grew up about um, a mile and a half away from where I'm sitting right now in that direction that I'm pointing that you can see and obviously nobody at oh. home can. But uh, yeah, over that way in East Kilbride. So yeah, that's lovely, a bit lovely man. In Ewan McGregor, he you know, he was from he was from well, not down the road in fairness, but it was a few just a few miles away. So mm. you know where yeah. I grew up. Yeah, yeah, in Scotland we all know each other really. We just don't like we to do. tell everyone. It's the Scottish uh, club. Yeah. We meet every Tuesday night. So here's a funny thing that you've probably heard, and I the minute I heard it I nodded and went, Oh my god, it's so true. But uh Shuti Gatwa, who obviously um I think his hometown is Dundee, is that right? Confirmer. Confirm. So he, I think one of the first times he was interviewed after he got the Doctor Who gig, he's off saying, I came down to England and I kept saying hello to people. That's what you do in Scotland. You just walk down the street. You don't need to know a person. You just say hello. It's mm-hmm. just the way we just say hello to everyone. Um, and that was exactly what he said. He was, uh, it was like people used to either sort of blatantly ignore him or... Um, you know, so I think he was insane or whatever. Yeah, that's, I had that in LA, Al. I, when I was in out at Gallifrey, I was walking down the street and I was just saying hello to random strangers and then discovered I was walking to a place called Inglewood, which is apparently the Murdersville of downtown <laughs> LA. And that was me walking past saying hello to everybody and being all polite and Scottish. So, hey, oh, yes, well. but it was, I did uh, absolutely <laughs> when I heard him sort of say, yeah, we just, we all, we all just say hello to each other. This site like, is so rude so true but um in england you don't do that it's not done here anyway yes absolutely al thank you once again for your time it's been a pleasure as ever thank you and we'll see you in a few weeks time thanks jenny stay well and stay safe so there we are dave i've just told you which two action figures i would most like to see coming up in the future which two would you like to go for i think jamie and turlow are both long overdue um, Jamie especially, such an iconic 60s character. Let's have a Steven Taylor as well. Let's have... I'm trying to think of who else. Actually, do you know, Stephen could work. You could repaint Toby's head, because he's just got a jumper on. You could give him the stripy jumper. Yeah, you get Peter Purvis quite easily. Yeah, let's have a Dodo figure as well. Let's have a Ben and Polly set. Come on, sky's the limit. No, I think... <laughs> I think I'd be, I'd be up for seeing some more companions, but I can understand how they might be a little a little trickier to put together. Yeah, given that pretty much we're using existing parts and yeah. pa- patching them all together. But of course, we've got um, David and Jody set come out earlier in the year, which earlier this year, which I love. Mm-hmm. And of course, Al just told us about the new Sonic screwdriver as well, and the fact that it compares really well with the proper actual prop which I think sounds rather good fun as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that'll be a boon for the cosplayers. That, the more accurate, the better, I suppose. Yep. All silver-plated and such like. So, yeah, I think it's fun. And, of course, we've got a few exclusives there about tooling being lost. Yeah, I know. Like, that's that's just, you know, carelessness. That sort of, in that sort of way just annoys me. I could tell you lots of stories about my days at HMV when some of stuff happened. But, no. Not so good. Not so good, really. But yeah, so yes, thanks once again to Al. And as he said, uh, he'd like to take some questions because he's going to come back soon. We're going to chat about some older figures. So if you want to get in touch, just send them to at Power of Three Pod. Our DMs are always open, so please send your questions to us and we will put them forward to Mr. Dewar, our fellow Scotsman, although he's from further up the road in Perth. 
and uh, yeah so there we go so that's a power of three with three Scottish people on it yeah that works Definitely. almost back to basics yeah, but oh. thanks to Al for taking, for taking the time to come and talk to us much appreciated and yeah food for thought yep Always. so yes we're done for this week and we'll be back next week with another exciting episode hopefully um, the worlds of time and space who knows we may be discussing something or maybe an interview I know but you don't I don't know either listeners so I'll have to tune in and find out sounds good and remember our Facebook page is now reactivated having discovered that it was there and I'd completely forgotten about it so yes episode updates will be going in there as well and feel free to drop in comments about episodes and any suggestions about things you'd like to see or perhaps guests you'd maybe like us to have on as well using Dave what's it called yes of course listeners because you know Kenny's address book is infinite as we know so there must be dozens of people <laughs> in there who he hasn't managed to coerce them to come around and talk to us for 20 minutes so hmm who could it be who could, you know who, who would you like to see his chat give us a challenge extend a, a challenge and see if Kenny can get them that'd be good wouldn't it <laughs> I do have an old mobile number for DT from god 20 odd years ago that would work I don't know if it does. Can you imagine? Get us get DT on it talking yep. about specials. Who can who can say? Listen, I'll have a look and say. see if he's still active in WhatsApp. <laughs> anyway, on that bombshell. Yes. Thanks very much for listening in. We hope you've enjoyed it, and please do remember to send some questions through for Al for our next episode with him. As Kenny says, you could obviously just post them on the Facebook page as well. Possibly in the comments for this episode. That's maybe a good way of doing it if you're not on Twitter. Um, is there a, we need to set up a dedicated email address for such things. We as well, really we? should. We should think about that. Anyway, yeah. Kenny, what are we going to play out with today? Well, Dave, I'm glad you asked me that because I was thinking that given that we've been talking about action figures and. Is it Shake Some Action with the Flaming Groovies? Well, I've no oh, idea. That would be good. I've no idea what that is, but no, what I had in mind was that. You know what? You've seen what. I've shown you what my shelves look like, haven't I, with action figures galore? Yes. Effectively, I'm sharing my home office with the plastic population ah 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 i understand so as far as um as far as setting targets for who we can get on the the podcast the only way is up it certainly is (laughs) (laughs) over to you yaz (laughs) thanks for joining us this week listeners thanks for coming on again as always dave always a pleasure bye bye